By the way, I thought Mark did a great job on his message today, and uh, wonderful church service. Uh, but uh, we're going to start our class today, as we have uh, in all of our other classes, with a prayer by one of you guys, uh, praying for, in this case, his uh, child, and uh, that's uh, Danny Hope. So let's bow together in prayer. Be turning your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 3. This is class number 5 of our 6th class series, so uh, we're... uh, we're heading uh, toward the, the last two classes here. I think today's class will be a class that uh, you'll enjoy. Uh, today is going to be a very practical lesson. It's entitled, The Right Practicals. And the subtitle is, Nothing Bolts of Relationships with Your Children. In Mark chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, Jesus went to the mountainside and he called to, to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. And then you go on down through there, uh, and you, uh, you hear the names of the twelve apostles. It says, these are the names, uh, these are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. James, Son of Zebedee and his brother John, to them he gave the name Boangeres, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. <clears throat> you have some uh, interesting insight here into Jesus and his relationship skills. Um, and that's what we're talking about today, really, is building relationships with our children. A couple things here. He called to him those he wanted. It is almost impossible to not be friends with someone if you sense that they want to be friends with you. Now you think about that in your own life. If someone wants to be friends with you, we have a natural tendency to want to be friends with them. If someone's nice to us, we tend to want to be nice to them. Jesus called to him... Those that he wanted. Remember, this is uh, Mark is Peter's uh, remembrance of things. And so this is Peter's remembrance of how Jesus made them feel. Jesus made me feel like he wanted to have a relationship with me. Very crucial in building relationships. Secondly, that they might be with him. And we know, in reading other passages about Jesus and the Twelve, that they did things like they went up on the mountainside together, uh, they, uh, they, went up, uh, or they went out on the lake together. Uh, it says several times in the Gospel accounts that Jesus would take the Twelve off and that He intended to not be distracted by everybody else. He wanted to have a relationship with them, that they might be with Him. He wanted them. He wanted to be with them. Number three, so he could send them out. They understood 
probably more in retrospect than they understood at that moment, but they sort of understood even at that moment, there is a purpose to this relationship. Something is happening here to me that's going to be very nice. And of course, we're talking about building relationships. So Jesus is, is having a relationship with these guys, and they understand, yes, this relationship is intended to do something. It, it, there's a purpose for this relationship. Something is happening here in this relationship. And then the fourth thing is so he could uh, give them power so they could drive out demons. They understood, man, once he's done with me, I'm going to be powerful. I'm going to be affected. Now, you think about all that in the context of relationships. Jesus understood a lot about relationships. If you're going to be close to someone, you have to intend to. There's a reason for your closeness. There's something that's happening uh, in, in the child's life because of their father's relationship with them. Now, let me throw this out. I've thrown this out before, but I want to make sure you, you put it in the context of what we're talking about today. Good fathering, good parenting, is a combination of science and art. And here's what I mean. Science is fact. Okay? Two plus two is what? Four. There's no feelings there at all, is there? There's no interpretation. How does that make you feel? It doesn't make you feel anything. Two and two is four. Three and three is six. You know? It's science. In this case, mathematics. But you understand what I'm saying? Part of parenting is just uh, a science. Someone's a dad and someone's a child. You understand what I'm saying? But part of parenting is not science, it's art. Now here's the funny thing with art. Art involves our feelings, and it involves interpretation. To one person, we look at this painting up here, and one person would look at that and say, Wow, that's, that's really well done. Okay. And that's a, that's a great painting. Mm-hmm. I, I see one of our, our number out there giggling. Mm. You know, another person might look at that and say, "My goodness, how amateurish!" I mean, it looks like maybe someone at junior high did that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And they would they would make fun of it. So to one person, you look at the painting, and it looks magnificent. For instance, I'll bet you, if your son or daughter had painted it, you'd look at it and say, Oh, wow! That's cool! Isn't that great? But you know what? If you're a fine art dealer, you would look at that and say, What a, what a joke. I mean, how, how amateur, how poorly done. See, art, art involves interpretation. It, it involves feelings. And it isn't necessarily the same. I say that because every single child is different. Some of you only have one child. You know, Danny did our prayer. Uh, he just has one child. Uh, but you know what? Uh, if, if you have more than one child, you, you, you will sometimes just be utterly amazed. 
How could we have two children from the same biological parents, the same environmental impact on their lives, and have two completely different children? Even, you know, even if uh, you have uh, twins. Even twins. Isn't that right? <laughs> Gary says you, you, you can't imagine. So... We have to understand in relationships, you don't build a relationship with every single child in exactly the same way. I want to talk about three different things here today, and then we'll break up into our groups. Number one is time. Relationships take time. And I want to talk about quality, quantity, and consistency in this context of time. Look over to Deuteronomy 6. Now, of course, this is one of our passages we've looked at before. Deuteronomy 6, and verse 6, about parenting. You guys there? Okay. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, <laughs> when you lie down and when you get up. Wow. That's talking about time. Spending time with your children. Did you catch it? Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you go to bed or when you lie down at the end of the day, and when you get up at the beginning of the day. This passage is talking about spending time with your children. And I want to talk, first of all, about quality time. Because we all know that you can be in the same room with someone and not necessarily even be exchanging with one another, right? I mean, you can be sitting uh, watching a television show and, and you're seated right here and your child is seated, uh, seated right here or in the same room, but you're not making any connection with each other at all. So that isn't necessarily uh, quality time, although you are uh, there in the same place. Quality time is when you are specifically trying to get something done. Okay, now let me, let me give you a lot of, I'm trying to give you a lot of examples here. Uh, and, and some of these are things that I did with my children, some of them not. Let's say that, that you say, okay, I want to spend some time with my son. Let's go to McDonald's and get breakfast together. That's quality time. Your son knows you're going to McDonald's with him to spend time with him. That's quality time. Now what you do with it, you know, is is, is, uh, up to you. But you know it's specifically for them. They know it's specifically for you. This is time with Daddy. This is time with Johnny, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, Go to breakfast. Have a quiet time with your child. We're going to look at a scripture together. Go to a movie with each other. Rent a movie together. You have uh, 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 maybe Monday night is movie night in your in your house, and you have mom, dad. Uh, the, the daughter and the second daughter, okay? Then you have a rotation of four of, of, of who chooses the movie. Daddy chose this movie. Mom chose that movie. Uh, Sarah chose this movie. Mary chose this movie. 
And everybody's got to, you know, hey, you got, you got to just sit and watch the movie. You know, you can't just watch the movie you like and gripe about everybody else's movie. It's quality time. It's time that you, everybody understands here, we're spending time together as a family or in, in an individual situation. Shopping together. Wow. We're going to go shopping. Okay. It's our time together. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna clean out the uh, the the uh, <coughs> the planter in the front yard. Okay. Together, you work together. Yeah. Come on now. Now I can tell you this from my background with my father. My father believed in this big time. <laughs> and, and when I got to be when I got to be in high school, I actually got you know bold as high school teenage kind of kids uh, do and, uh, and and say things to their parents. I actually said to my dad one time, I said, I think what you do is you actually think up things to do around here. And he said, You're exactly right. Now let's get busy. Because in his mind's eye, you work together. And and in, in that environment that you teach your child things, and your child learns how to work, and your child learns how to do things. And I can say, even today as an adult, I know how to do a lot of things around the house. Why? Because I did them. See, working with your father, uh, a dad, just saying, hey, we're going to clean out the flower bed. Uh, we're going to mow the lawn. Uh, we're going to paint the, the back shutters. Uh, you know, whatever. You can come up with you know, uh, scores of different ideas of working uh, together. Sports, either to participate or to, uh, to uh, be a uh, uh, spectator. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to the, uh, to the high school ball game together. We're going to go to the Lakers game. We're going to go to the USC game. Uh, those, these are spectator type situations that you, you're doing together. This is quality time. Or, or you're, you're, you're doing it where you're participating. Uh, hey, we're in AYSO soccer, and we play on the, the Super Bs, and amen, and you're all fired up about whatever AYSO soccer game or, or whatever they're, they're doing. You have a favorite TV show. Uh, and, and, you know, when my kids were growing up, I said, hey, okay, our favorite TV show is going to be Star Trek. Okay. And, 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 and so, hey, for, for many years, my kids didn't know the difference. Now, when they got old enough, they were like, Dad, we're sick of Star Trek. Let's watch something else. And I remember I said, okay, what do you want to watch? And Ben said, well, I want to watch Survivor. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, gag me. But, you know, I, I said it, so I had to live up with it. So every, whatever night it was of the week, that was our show we watched together. We watched uh, Survivor, you know. And I was like, ugh. But, you know, I'm just giving you ideas of quality time uh, together. Uh, Birthdays, Christmas, and and this is key with, 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 with this kind of thing, with holidays and that kind of thing, is you develop your tradition, your family tradition. And... Who knows what it may be? It may be that you do one, uh, one, one Christmas present on Christmas Eve and then you do the bulk of them on Christmas Day. I don't know. That, that, I've heard of one family that did that. Well, okay, we'll do one on Saturday night and the other one on Sunday. Or one on Christmas Eve and the other one on, uh, on, on Christmas Day. But you develop your tradition. Uh, we, we, uh, I know the Neelands have this tradition uh, that Mary Kay makes uh, this breakfast casserole is called Puff Strata. Uh, and uh, boy, I, I've heard all of them brag about how awesome 
uh, Mary Kay's Puff Strata is. You know, hey, I don't know whether it's all that awesome or not, but it's their tradition, if you understand what I'm saying. This is all in the context of quality time. Let me say this about quantity of time. Sometimes people say, well, we don't have quantity because I'm really busy. Let, let, me, let me urge you to realize, if you're too busy to spend time with your children, you better rethink your, your schedule. Because, guys, they're going to be gone before you know it. And, the, and you know what? I don't think I've ever heard a parent say, you know, the one thing I did wrong in my parenting is spent too much time with my kids. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard someone say that. But I can't tell you how many parents I know, their, parents, their children are gone, and they're like, you know, I wish I had spent more time with my kids. Mm. Be careful about the quantity and quality thing. If you're that busy, you better think through your schedule, guys, because your kids deserve and need your time. You need to ask yourself, who is going to be the primary influencer of your child? If it's not you, then who's it going to be? It was my intention with my children to be the primary influencer in their life. Our kids are influenced from a lot of ways. Teachers, uh, other friends, television, multimedia, uh, their mother, uh, their grandmother, grandfather. Uh, uh, there's all kinds of people that want to influence your child. Nobody should want to influence your child more than you do. So you've got to work with this quality and quantity thing. The, the, the other thing here with time is consistency. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13 talks about our consistency of relationships with one another. It's not really talking about parenting, uh, but let's look at that. Hebrews 3, uh, verse 12 and 13. It says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called, so that no one may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It says that even in our relationships with each other, it says daily. And, and, you know, Christians need daily contact with each other. Or, you know, if it isn't just every single day, you can at least put in there the word consistency. There needs to be a consistency of relationship. If you say, Saturday morning, we have breakfast with each other, for instance, then I'm telling you, come hell or high water, Saturday morning, you better have breakfast with your kid. That's your time. And you can't say, well, I need to cancel because the NCAA tournament's on this week. I need to cancel uh, because, you know, USC's playing on the East Coast and it's an early game. And, 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 and hey, that's why God in, in, in invented DVR. There you go. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, you know, uh, but, but you've got to be very, very careful when you say, this is our time, then it had better be your time. And every, and because what that communicates to your kid then is you say, okay, Saturday morning is going to be our time, and then you bump it this week, and you bump it the third week, and you bump it. Well, what's that say to your kid? It says that anything's more important than me. So if you're going to have a relationship with your child, it takes time, quality time, quantity time. It takes a lot of time to be a good dad. And it takes consistency. Okay. Number two. Let's talk about role. If 
Ephesians 6. Now, I mean, you recognize these scriptures, don't you guys? I mean, in some ways we hit some of the same scriptures nearly every week or every time we're together. Ephesians 6, in verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers. Okay, here we are. This is a father's class, right? Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This may be the most obvious thing in the world, but sometimes the most obvious thing has to be pointed out. You are their dad. You are not their buddy. Now, that is not to say that you can't have a wonderful friendship with your children. And you should. But your role is not to be their buddy. You are their dad. They can have a lot of buddies. And should and will. But you're dad. Don't not be dad because you're so desperate to be friends with your kid. You are dad. That's a role. Fathers. This passage of Scripture specifically lays out you're supposed to not do some things and you are specifically to do others. You're not to exasperate or frustrate your children by being a knucklehead. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You are supposed to be influencing your life, uh, the life of your children. You're supposed to be training them to be God's people in their generation. You have a role here in your child's life. It's not a passive role. It's an aggressive role. It's, It's an obvious role. It is tragic, guys, in our time to see what has happened to the role of dad. It, it, it is awful in our society how many children are being raised today in the absence of having a real dad in their life. And, and you know, sometimes the, uh, the, the modernists among us in our, in our uh, society want to say, Oh no, it doesn't have any influence. It doesn't make any difference. And I'm telling you, look at the crime statistics. Look, look, look at the lies that are shattered. The role of dad, father, is crucial in the life of a child. It is not something that you can either have it or not have it, and it's no big deal. But this is a role. I want to convince you of this here. This is not no big deal. This is a huge big deal for you as a dad. You are supposed to be influencing your child in a relationship with your child. You're supposed to be training them. You're supposed to be bringing them up. You're supposed to be preparing them to be adults. Now, part of that is respect. And this is a great passage. Once again, it's not talking about parenting, but it fits the context of what we're talking. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32. Now, I know that if you're in Reese's ministry, you've heard this before, and probably in mine too. Leviticus 19, verse 32. 
It says, rise in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. Now, this is not written to children about their parents, but it is written to God's people about how they should treat people that are older. You treat older people with respect. Your children should be expected to respect you. They may sass off to their friends. They may sass off to their mother. But it should be an entirely different matter altogether. That they would even think of sassing off to you. You are dad. I can assure you when my children were children, little children, there was a sense in them, you do not mouth off to dad. You know what? That's good. That's good. They should respect their father. You should expect them to. Now, that doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean you aren't tender with them. It doesn't mean you don't get out on the floor and roll around with them and laugh and carry on and all those things. But at the end of the day, you're not their buddy, you're their dad. It's a role. There's an expectation of respect. You are moving toward an adult-adult relationship. But you should have an adult-adult relationship when you are an adult and they are an adult. And not until. And you shouldn't be hurrying it on too quickly. Let them be children. There's going to be plenty of time for them to be an adult. Let them be a child. It's okay to be a child. As a matter of fact... I worry about parents that are constantly wanting their children that are, that are 8 to act like they're 10. Our children that are 10, they want them to act like they're, they're 13. Our children that are 13, they want them to act like they're 19. Our children that are 19, they want them to act like they're 26. They're going to get there in plenty of time. It has to do with you understanding I'm supposed to be influencing this child and I don't want to cut short my time. I want to extend it as much as possible. But it's role. Your role in their life is their trainer, their teacher, their father. It involves a relationship there that involves respect. You'll get to an adult-adult relationship. It's going to happen if time moves on and if you live and they live. It'll happen. You can't stop it from happening. But don't make it, don't want it to get there too quick. Because once it gets there, you can't ever go back. And if you've got a 15-year-old kid that you've convinced them that they're fully grown and they can make all their decisions in their life, you, you have created a kid that thinks they know how to live their life and they don't know their proverbial hind end from a hole in the ground. You see, but you sort of let them think that they're, they're an adult when they're 15. Now, when you're 15 years old, you're a kid. Now, you're much more of an adult than someone who's eight. I get that. But there's a difference. Between a 15-year-old and a 26-year-old. And their ability to really understand how to make proper and good decisions. 
in life. And you don't want them as 15-year-olds thinking, well, I'm grown up, I'm 15. No, you're not. You're 15. You're still living in my house. You're not paying rent. You don't have a job. You're not educated. You're not ready to do anything. Except get out of the backyard and mow the lawn. <laughs> it's an issue of role. Of you in their life. You, you, you guys get what I'm saying right there? Don't be afraid of being dad. Don't be afraid of your kids in a, in a right sense understanding there's a, a fear of dad. Perhaps more than mom. Why? Because dad's the head of the household. Now, that doesn't mean they should quake in fear. You should do things to make them afraid of you. But there's a right sense of respect. That's what that passage is teaching in Leviticus 19. Rise in the presence of the aged. You show respect. It involves... You, as the ultimate authority in the home, teaching them how to respect your heavenly Father, who should be their their, their ultimate power figure in their life. I I don't sit around him, nor do I think you do. I'm just afraid of God. He's going to whack me. He's going to bolt me down with a lightning bolt right now. I think God loves me. I think God really likes me. But I'm afraid of God. The power of God... There's a proper sense of respect. You know, it's like this last week. I, I had to laugh, you know, with this uh, uh, mega lotto thing. You know, my wife said, hey, you need to get over to the liquor store and get a ticket. <laughs> and, and so I did. And I got $5 for the ticket. Man, I saw fired up. I prayed to God. I said, God, hey, I, I'm, I'm ready. I, I, you know, I'm open. Come on, man. I got all kinds of good things. I, I just, I'm, I'm debating with God. Hey, we could do a lot of mission work. And, and we could maybe buy a, a church building. Uh, you know, and we could own a thing, man. You know? and, 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 and I mean, I, I'm coming up a lot. I, you know, I pay off. I own my friends, I'll pay up all their mortgages, you know, and, but, 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 but I said, I said, but God, hey, I, I'm totally, I'm totally submitted to you, if you don't think that's a good idea, I'm good with that, because see, I fear God, God's got the power to do that, if God would have wanted me to have won, I'd have won, that's a little thing for God to do, apparently God said No. <laughs> That's okay. But see, that's the role. God, God has a role in my life. And I respect Him. He's more powerful than me. I respect Him. Role is an important thing. Don't run away from being dad, guys. Dad's important. It's role. Okay. last thing I want to talk about here is productive conversation. <laughs> now, realize children are at different stages at different times. I wrote down here, you'll like this quote. I stole it from somebody, but I don't even know who I stole it from. It says, the mind can't absorb what the butt can't endure. (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, Well, that means there's an attention span issue with children. Uh, A five-year-old, how long is an attention span for a five-year-old? Wow, not not real long, you know. 
Uh, how long is an attention span for a 12 year old? Well, prayerfully, a little longer. Um, but you know, you might find even within your own home, one child has more of an attention span and another does, he has a shorter one or a larger one. So we've got to talk about, okay, how do you be productive in conversation? Well, some of that is how old is the child. Some of that is understanding how long can this child pay attention. Do you understand what I'm saying? And some kids can pay attention longer than others. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with their moral uh, ability. It just says this kid can pay attention longer and this kid doesn't, if you understand what I'm saying. So, but you have to understand that. As a dad, I have to... I See, I've got to figure out this child. And, and, and this child's got a set of strengths and weaknesses and an attention span, and then I've got to set him to the side, and then I've got to go to this child. And this child is also my child, but different set of circumstances, different set of strengths and weaknesses, different attention span. There's what I'm saying. But just sort of figure out, okay, how can I have a good conversation with this child? That's a good quote. Write that down if, if you haven't. The mind can't absorb what the butt can't endure. And you can think about that. that that'll, come into, uh, that that'll help you as you think about it. Productive conversation. Be interested in how... They feel about anything. Okay. See, who cares what they feel? You do. What what they like, what they don't like. Be interested in those things. Things to avoid. Let me give you some things to avoid here. Gossip. Okay. Okay. If I'm going to get with this child. Who do I need to talk about? I need to be talking about this child. If I get with this child, who do I need to be talking about? I need to be talking about this child. I should be talking to this child about that child. You understand what I'm saying? Avoid gossip. Don't, don't, don't talk about uh, other kids and, and even their mother in that way. Okay? Avoid bad-mouthing. Well, I don't like my Sunday school teacher. Well, that's not okay. But, you, you know, you're not going to put up with bad-mouthing. Come on. Well, I don't like my teacher's school. Well, let's go to school and talk to your teacher then. Your time together is not a time for them to vent their bad attitudes about whatever may be going on. So avoid gossip. Avoid bad-mouthing. On your case, avoid preaching. Avoid dominating the conversation. As a matter of fact, sort of the best conversation with a little kid is when they do most of the talking and you just sit there and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, well, that's interesting, that's great. Tell me more about that. And the conversation may be three minutes. And that's all the attention span you got at McDonald's. You, you just got an Egg McMuffin, they just got hot cakes and sausage, and you said, uh, hey, how, 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 how do you like your hot cakes and sausage? You may have three minutes. A productive conversation. If that's all you got, that's all you got. And after three minutes, just eat your egg muffin and be happy. Because once that three minutes is over, you're done. It's like pouring water into a glass. At a certain point, you're pouring water in the glass and there's water going in the glass. At a certain point, the glass is full. You can still be pouring water, but ain't no more water going in that glass. You've got three minutes of productive conversation. You understand what I'm saying? Then you say, well, gosh, did we really accomplish anything? Gosh, you accomplished the world! 
You connected for three minutes with your five-year-old in meaningful conversation. Awesome. Now, if it's three minutes with an 18-year-old, we're in trouble. You understand what I'm saying? But, but you're looking, uh, you know, for what, what you can do uh, in, 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 uh, in a short amount of time. And thanks to a boy preaching, dominating, a stupid argument. Don't argue with your kids when you're trying to have time with them. Particularly little kids. But even teenagers. Don't argue with them. Your time primarily with them. Great little passage here. Proverbs 16. You guys will love this one. You know, the Proverbs are rich just in common sense. And the problem with common sense is what? It's not common. Uh, but Proverbs 16, verse 21. Look at this. The wise in heart are called discerning. And pleasant words promote instruction. Pleasant words. Scoot on down in verse 23. A, man, a wise man's heart guides his mouth. Do you get that? A wise man's heart guides his mouth, not the other way around. And his lips promote instruction. Pleasant words are a honeycomb. Now, I I, I use this passage to focus on the, the concept of pleasant. Your time with your kid, when you have a time with them, your goal needs to be, this needs to be pleasant. I want this to be a happy time. Okay, let's say, and I'm, I'm picking on people here in the front row. If you don't want to get picked on, I guess they'll be in the front row. Uh, you know, let's, let's say Larry wants to take Brandon out to McDonald's for breakfast. Okay, uh, Brandon's what, like 10? He's 11. And so, you know, you probably got maybe 10 minutes max, maybe not even that. Five, five, five to ten minutes of, of meaningful conversation. Larry wants to make sure that that, to the best of his ability, is a positive time. So that when they walk out of McDonald's, Brandon is thinking, hey, this is cool. This is awesome. I just spent time with my dad. This is great. Larry's walking out thinking, hey, this was cool. I just spent time with Brandon. It's a positive time. Sometimes in people's minds they think, okay, hey, if I'm going to get together with my kid, I'm going to make it meaningful. Meaning I am going to challenge them. They're a kid. <laughs> Let them be kids. And frankly, you might even think about that with your discipleship of adults. You know, maybe your discipleship partners don't want to get with you. Why not? You know, well, you're so much fun to be with. You know, I, you know, man, I get to get with you and I feel guilty about everything in my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe they want to get with you if, if every time you got with them, you didn't make them feel so guilty about everything. Yeah. So, positive. You're trying to build positive. Here's the thing, guys. Our kids are getting beat up by negative all around them. Yeah. Life is telling them, you're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not athletic enough. The world's hitting them with that stuff, and that's what they're feeling. When they get together with mom and dad, it needs to be positive time together. Building up, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, we won't turn there, verse 29. Building others up uh, about uh, these kind of things. Communicating 
I respect you. Communicating, I have a high opinion of you. Communicating, I am pleased with your development. They say, now wait a minute, Marty. What what do I do if my kid brings home a, a report card from school and I just feel like it isn't a very good report card? Well, you've got to you've got to begin to ask yourself some questions there. Because if you're not careful, you're going to say and do things that are going to make your child think how I get my dad's approval is by making the kind of grades that he wants me to make. That's a very dangerous thing to communicate to your kid. If you're not careful, you communicate to your kid, hey, you played the whole game and didn't score. Oh, okay, how I get my dad to approve of me is to score a goal. Uh, score a goal. Really? Is that really what you want your kid to think? See, when Jesus got baptized, what did God say? This is my son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. What had Jesus done up to that time? Had he healed anybody? Had he died on the cross for anybody? Had he preached any sermons? Now, Jesus hadn't done anything. But God says, this is my son, and I'm proud of him. Now, that doesn't mean, guys, that there isn't a time to have a discussion about how you're doing at school. It isn't to say there isn't a time uh, to discuss how you're doing in an athletic or on music or, or uh, in anything uh, like that. Sure, those are, those, are, those are fair conversations. But you've got to be careful that you do not make your children feel like, my dad wants me to produce. Or he doesn't love me. Or he doesn't approve of me. Character is more important than production. You love your children for who they are, not for what they do. If they make A's, wonderful. If they score the goal, wonderful. But that better not be the main thing you communicate to your kids in productive conversation. You know what I'm saying? And so, sometimes, when when your kid doesn't score a goal, on the way home, what you say, you know, uh, Tommy, you know what I liked about what you did today? Man, you were hustling so much. I was so impressed with how hard you were running back and forth uh, and, and, and going after the ball. I mean, at one time, you were running so hard, you tripped and fell down. That was hilarious. But, you know, I was so proud of you. What's that communicate to your kid? I'm, they're ready to tell the, tear the, 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 the window crank off, off the side of the door. Why? Because Daddy is so impressed with me. But not because you scored a goal, but because you, you ex- exerted effort. You tried hard. You understand what I'm saying? That's what you communicate to your kids in productive conversation. Not, you made an A, I'm really proud of you. 
You made a scholar, the, the, the scholar list. I'm really proud of you. Now, if they do, obviously you don't say, oh, I'm not proud of you. But you've got to be careful not to communicate the wrong thing to your kid. Or you get into a situation where the kid feels like, I can't do enough to make my dad happy. Mm-hmm. If I score one goal, he's mad because I missed the other one. Mm-hmm. If, if I make all, all A's and one B, all he talks about is the B. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'll tell you guys, and I, I want to go too long here because I'm, I'm sucking up your, your, your discussion time. Some of you are getting to the age where your kids are thinking about college or you're thinking about college for them. Let me urge you, do not weird your kids out about where they go to college because of where you want them to go to college. Our preacher this morning went to Eastern Illinois University. Wow. Hoorah. Hoorah. Which is nothing. It's Eastern Illinois. Who cares? But I'm telling you, did he preach the word today? Yeah. Impressive. You, 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 there's more important things than, than where some kid goes to college, guys. Mm-hmm. Not to say that where you don't go to college isn't important. But don't make that the most important thing. Don't drive your kids nuts. They're, they're in third grade and you already got them in, in extra classes so they can qualify to go to wherever you want them to go. go. Drop it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was for everybody. <laughs> Don't be picking on Marcel. He, he's, a lo- he, he's, a loyal, he's a loyal Trojan. Time. Role. Productive conversation. Hopefully this has been just an immensely practical time. Let's do this. Uh, let's just divide up into our groups. I don't care who you divide up with. I don't care who leads the group. Okay? Just flip and, and, and some... If you haven't led a group, when you sit down in your groups, I haven't led one yet, I'll lead it. Uh, I'm going to give you 15 minutes. Go.